Welcome back, folks. It's Locked On NFL Draft. We are going to get into another couple of bowl games. I have quarterback questions. We have a ton of mock draft selections to go over that Rob has already put out on Fox Sports. Make sure you check that out. It is a Friday. Welcome to Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Rob Ryan is back from Fox Sports. How are you, Rob? I'm doing very well, Ryan. And happy holidays. Merry Christmas Eve to, to you and all of our listeners. Yes, I hope you guys have a great holiday. And if you're listening to this, then you're trying to get a little distraction from your present wrapping. Well done. And good luck. Santa should be here soon. Uh, you need to listen to Rob over at uh, Locked On Seahawks as well. You can always check me out on Locked On Chiefs if you need a distraction here in the next couple of days. Because there's plenty going on. ton of bowl games. And they've gotten started. You know, it's like that inching up. And now the ball's starting to get going. There's a lot of interesting games out there. What stands out to you today? Well, you know, Ryan, I think that'd be easy to focus in on the, on the New Year's Day bowl games. Um, you know, and then... Uh, uh, on New Year's Eve, of course, is when you have the, the two playoff games, the Cotton Bowl and the, and the Orange Bowl. Um, and uh, But I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. I'm here, curious to hear Eric's thoughts on that. Of course, he's enjoying us for uh, today's show. Um, you know, just off, off in California, hanging out with friends and family, I hope. So uh, certainly happy holidays to, he, to Eric and his family as well. Um, but again, if, if you're one of those people out there who are, are looking for distractions and some big college football games, and there's some pretty interesting matchups besides the playoff games. And so, like, to me, for one of the ones I'm excited about early next week, Brian, next Tuesday, the Holiday Bowl, uh, North mm-hmm. Carolina State versus UCLA. And we talked about Aquano, the, the big uh, the big tackle um, that I think may wind up slipping inside to guard in the NFL, but that's a different conversation. Easy first-round <laughs> player. Um, but, you know, so if all you want to focus in on is the, the best player in the, in the in that game, then, again, Ike Aquano, for North Carolina State is the guy to watch. But I'm actually really curious to see if Zach Charbonneau, the running back, uh, you know, the Chip Kelly lured away from Jim Harbaugh in Michigan and went absolutely bon- uh, you know, bonkers this year. Excuse me, easy for me to say. And bananas. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, and, you know, I, I want to see if he's going to play in this game. I want to see if he is going to be able to play at the same uh, star level he did early on at UCLA. That's one of the things I kind of noticed in, in, in writing up some profiles for him. Uh, the sky reports on him is that he had an awful lot of big plays uh, at UCLA and at Michigan early in season, but not so much later in season. So, so I want to see if he is one of those guys that because he does play as physical as he does, then mm-hmm. is that going to kind of curtail, uh, you know, and, and his, uh, you know, his effectiveness kind of curtails, I should say, uh, as the, as the season unfolds. So he's got a huge decision on his hands because this isn't the running back class that I think has necessarily a lockdown First round pick at, at um, you know first round caliber player, but there's mm-hmm. three or four different players run that I think they can be selected in the, in, by the end of the second round, and Charbonnet being one of them. Yeah, I, I like his game as well too. Like I think uh, an explosive performance might leapfrog him to the point where he should probably consider that. I, it's funny that careers come down to what do you do in this last bowl game and how do you make the decision. You want to leave on a high note? Everybody does. That makes perfect sense. I hope that he does as well because I like his style. I, and I think at the next level, the, the NFL so much running back by committee. I'm not as concerned about that because I think through the longevity of a season, he's going to have some help and he's going to be able to hopefully maintain that. I look, I look forward to that myself. But that's one game. 
What else stands out to you? Well, again, everybody's going to focus in on the playoff games for, for good reason. You know, Cotton Bowl, Alabama, and Cincinnati, and all the tasty one-on-one matchups in that game. Uh, you know, again, when Eric's back, I, I'm sure he's going to be just <laughs> prop at the mouth to talk about the idea of, you know, Sauce Gardner and, and Kobe Bryant against uh, the, the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, and, you know, Jamison Williams, John Metchum, it should just be a fantastic matchup. Same thing with the Orange Bowl. I mean, Georgia, Michigan. I mean, that, that Georgia defense against Jim Harbaugh and Hassan Haskins, uh, the running back from Michigan downhill football. I mean, that downhill running game. I mean, that is football, the kind of football that we love. But there's another game that on December 31st that's actually really intriguing to me, and another kind of one-on-one matchup. I don't know if it's getting a lot of attention. Miami versus Washington State in the Sun Bowl. And, of course, I live in the state of Washington, as you mentioned, locked on Seahawks. Uh, but I just think that this is a kind of a fascinating matchup for lots of different reasons. Uh, Charleston Rambo, the wide receiver for Miami, um, transferred over from Oklahoma, was absolutely spectacular this year for the Hurricanes. Only had two games all year long, Ryan, that, that he had less than five receptions. Well, mm-hmm. opposite him is the Senior Bowl invite and one of the most underrated cornerbacks in the entire country and Jalen Watson for Washington State. 6'3", 205-pounder who originally was going to go to USC out of the JUCO and, and wound up instead going to Palouse. So this is one of those kind of splashy one-on-one matchups that I think that, uh, that certainly NFL scouts are going to be watching, college football fans, NFL draft enthusiasts should be watching that matchup as well. And, and I think that says something for where Wazoo is at this point too, right? You, when you have those kind of bowl games where you can actually have a competitive matchup that you can point to, I think that helps the program as well. And I, I know – Apple Cups haven't exactly been, you know, barn burners the last few years. So maybe that can help, help that recruiting tree. And if you're stealing players away, they're coming from JUCOs, that always helps the program. I'm going to be watching that one as well. I have a lot of friends out there. They're going to be sending me little, little bits and pieces of why the Blues have to win. So hope you guys are enjoying that out there. We're going to get back into Rob's mock, the latest one over on Fox Sports and dig through that coming up next. You got to love the holidays, all the food, the treats, and plenty of them. But you might want a yummy dessert that isn't so full of calories and sugar. It's a perfect time for a Built Bar. Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. They taste incredible. We've gone over them. We have all the the new ones, blueberry muffin. You have the uh, chunk cookie dough. You got to love that, as well as my favorite, coconut. You got to love the coconut brownie chunk. It is the best one out there. And Feast or something delicious, and that's how you feel about these bars. You need to have one of those as well. Every single one is about 130 to 150 calories, uh, only 4 grams of sugar, and plenty of protein, upwards of 15 grams per bar, versus a slice of pie that's over 300 calories. you got to get into this, and this is a just as good tasting and a better way to eat, especially around your holidays. Low-calorie, low-carb, low-fat, and high-protein, covered in 100% real chocolate. Built is the great option whenever you're hungry, whether it's Thanksgiving weekend or all the way through Christmas and even New Year's. You can share some at your family gatherings too. Maybe even get your aunt to try a built bar. You never know. There's always a few surprises, some limited edition flavors that are always coming out. And right now, the offer is over at built.com. If you use the code LOCKED15, you're going to end up getting 15% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. No one plays fantasy sports to lose. Winning feels so much better, but traditional fantasy sports or a long-term losing proposition because you never know what or who you're going to be up against. Stat here is the first of its kind daily fantasy sports platform that puts you against the house. 
up to head-to-head fantasy matchups, and the winner takes all. Here's the crazy part. Set Hero shows you your lineups before you play, and you handpick the team that you want to face one-on-one. All you have to do is sign up for free right now at stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on for 100% deposit match. Whatever you put in, you get back on top of it. That's stathero.com slash locked on and use the promo code locked on for a 100% match on your deposit. Stathero.com slash locked on and use that code locked on. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, I love talking about someone else's mock because I feel like the pressure just slides off my back when I do that. So (laughs) one of the more interesting things that came up in in your latest is a question that I've had in the back of my mind that no one's wanted to talk to me about for the last four months. And that is, as good as we've seen on film from Derek Stingley in the past, what is the recency bias, the lack of film lately, the injury history, I think is significant. Clearly, medicals are always part of the process in the draft. But I think if there's any one marquee player that needs that medical to come back in a sterling kind of condition, it is Stingley. Am I wrong? No, I think you're absolutely right. And I think that you're, you're very wise to be bringing up this point. I also think, though, that uh, the, the pandemic a year ago with so many players sitting out, uh, and yet still wind up being drafted early on. We talked about Micah Parsons before, Gregory Rousseau. I mean, the Caleb Thurley, the list goes on and on. These are guys who were still drafted, of course, in the first round. Uh, Penny Sewell, of course, another one. And and for the most part, um, of course, fairly going down with injuries, it was sad. But for the most part, these guys have actually lived up to the billing and been very good football players. So to me, you got to go back to the tape, and as you just mentioned, Ryan, I mean, Stingley's tape early in his career was that good. And, and so that's the confidence that, that that I think that's why NFL teams should still feel confident in the talent. Now, that's where you have to kind of, you know, have a different conversation, though, is how is Stingley wired? And I have not been able to yet interview him. It's one of the things I look forward to hopefully being able to have a conversation with him at the, at the scouting combine. Um, but again, that's, that's one of the things that you're always concerned about. These are very young men. Um, and, and are they wired, right? Is, is he the most competitive guy in the room? Because he's going to have to be, to take, be able to take full advantage of his incredible skill set. And I think if it works out that way and everything checks out medically, I think he's in a unique position because he has so low mileage for a player of his caliber coming out at this point that maybe that is, uh, you know, another thing in the plus column. When it's all said and done for the team that does select him, I'm going to be watching very closely where where he lands and what the process is, and I'll be listening to your interview when that happens. Uh, another surprise in the top 10, and we're not going to go pick by pick, folks. I'm, I'm going to get to Rob's highlights here in a minute, but one that I found interesting, in that's only because I've only done a couple of games for George Karloftis, and I, I like the fit for the Atlanta Falcons. I was a little bit surprised that he would be a top 10 player for you. Is it the lack of other edges or just that he is that good year to year as any edge needs to be that he deserves to be in the top 10? Well, I, I think that, um, you know, I'm not so sure that he does deserve to be in the top 10. Frankly, he is not among my top 10 uh, NFL prospects. He's a good football player. I don't know that he's a great athlete and typically top 10 means you got to be a pretty spectacular athlete. Uh, but at the same time, I think that like we talked about before with the Jacksonville Jaguars on yesterday's show, Ryan, uh, you know, and how they just need to not only get better at the point of attack, they, they also have to change their, you know, the locker room, just the mentality there. And, uh, you know, Matt Ryan and, you know, several other players, Julio Jones for a long time, of course, were, you know, the leaders in Atlanta 
and they were good, really good football players. Um, but at the same time, they also you didn't have the, the the tough guys along the line of scrimmage. I think that Karloftis it kind of brings that, and, and so I, I think that Atlanta would be one of those teams that might be a little bit more willing to be going for a player who, again, is going to help out a pass rush that has been abysmal uh, so far this season, um, but also be able to bring a little bit of that blue-collar kind of mentality that they were trying to use along the offensive line as well. A couple of interesting picks as we go on. Can you agree to the Washington football team in the top 10? I still see him as a guard, so I don't know if that – does that require for that selection? Do you think that the Washington football team needs to see him as a tackle? I do not. I mean, of course, this is a Washington team that that's like the brand Scherf um, and basically plugged him immediately in a guard with a, with a similarly high selection years ago. Now, if they're able to retain Scherf, who is uh, due to be a, a, you know, a free agent at the end of this year, then, then maybe Washington can go in a different direction. I think there's no question that you want to see Washington go with a quarterback. Uh, you know, Heineke has been solid, um, but at the same time, I, I think that if they if Washington falls in love with a quarterback here, then that would be the selection. I'm sure that's what the fans want. But at the same time, we're talking about Ron Rivera. And, and Ron Rivera, which was Super Bowl, you know, with um, – well, now I'm spacing on his name. But um, the kid from Carolina a few years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and so because of that, then, you know, I, I think that he has a different level of confidence that he can go with veteran quarterbacks and, and still be able to have more success than just rolling the dice on a rookie. It does seem like that carousel is going to be pretty active this year. So maybe Ron's going to be right. We talked about Gaira Elam. Uh, we are recording before the actual ball game, folks. So check out yesterday's episode if you missed it for something on there. And then the Denver Broncos, they do have your first, your second quarterback. The next one that we were just talking about, Kenny Pickett coming off of the board there. Do you like that matchup? And is it dependent on the coaching staff remaining in place in Denver? You know, I, I, I like the matchup just because, again, I, I think that you have a defensive mind head coach. Um, who is going to be looking for a quarterback he can trust. And with Kenny Pickett and, and the improvement that he showed this season at Pitt, uh, I think that that's more likely to, to be able to generate that type of trust. Uh, kind of similar to that Carolina Panthers quarterback I mentioned before. I couldn't remember his name, Jake Dohm, uh, for the for the Carolina Panthers. And I was going to say it wrong, or I would have offered. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, so I, I, again, I think that this comes down to Denver Broncos. You, you've got a, a defensive minded head coach, an aging one at that. Um, and, and I think that, that you're looking, if you are going to start that, you know, start that, uh, that quarterback clock all over again, that you're, if you're admitting that Drew Locke is not the answer. And, you know, I, I was a big Drew Locke fan uh, mm. coming down Missouri. I, I still am a huge believer in just in terms of his talent. But I, I still would see so many questionable throws. I see that, you know, some of his teammates kind of throw their arms up in frustration, whether they're trying to block for him or be pass catchers for him. And that, to me, suggests that he does not have that locker room. Teddy Bridgewater, even laying on his back, has that locker room more than Drew Locke does. And so, to me, that's one of the biggest concerns, is that I do think that whether it be a veteran, and I think that's going to be a possibility, um, mm-hmm. that Denver makes a move for another veteran quarterback this year, or they get a rookie. To me, Denver is one of those teams that I do expect to have somebody different starting rookie at the quarterback position in 2022. Now, folks, you got to check this out on Fox Sports because that's where you can read it all. Ajabo, I think, is going to be a, a really interesting follow on where he gets selected. In the middle, you have a nice run of wide receivers. It's interesting that both the Ohio State guys as well as uh, Drake. I, I hope Drake London's injury is is something that just gets swept off the rug at the combine medicals. And it was a clean break and it's completely knitted and ready to heal. 
And there's nothing else extraordinary about that. That should be the story, I think, of the injured class. But that said, is this is there one fit that really stood out to you with those three players of of style of pass catcher to the team that that you had them going to? Actually, all three of these, I kind of just really like the the um, the matchups in terms of where I had them going. Drake London, um, you know, his size, 6'5", 210 pounds, he plays above the rim. To me, in the play action, uh, that should come out um, considering how good Cleveland's running game is, then I think that he'd just be a really fun matchup uh, in, in Cleveland. Um, the New Orleans Saints, of course, if, you know, who remains to be seen what's going to happen with Michael Thomas moving forward. But, you know, they have just been bereft of any type of, of consistency at the receiver position. So, in my opinion, the most consistent receiver in this draft class is probably Garrett Wilson from Ohio State. So I kind of love that matchup at number 15 overall. And then one pick later, you have the Las Vegas Raiders, who, of course, you know, tragically, uh, you know, hit with the, the, the entire tragic situation involving Henry Ruggs. Um, you know, is, is something that the, the Raiders have to kind of, you know, clean out their mouth with that and, and be able to kind of start fresh. And so Chris Olave and his ability to be that, that vertical threat to me would just be a really nice complement to some of the talent that the Raiders already have. Obviously, a Darren Waller, Josh Jacobs. And then I think a Derek Carr is an underrated deep ball thrower. And if you don't have a deep ball threat, um, then really he's going to struggle to have any type of consistency, consistent success. And that's one of the reasons why the Raiders have been as up and down so far this year as they have. Up and down is exactly where this is going and how it's going to change in the future. When we get back, we're going to talk about well, what are the favorites? What are, what are things that are perfect matches? And ask about a couple specifics about these selections to finish up this mock draft. We'll be right back. It's all there. You can have it all. The gridiron and all the teams are back on there. And you can get your money into the action by going to betonline.ag for all your pro and college action you're trying to get going, whether it's the updated interface that you like, more odds, more props and contests, everything's there at your number one source at betonline.ag. Head over to the website, use your mobile or anything else, and you get a 100% welcome bonus. You do need that code NFL100 for that. That's double your initial deposit. So you put that down and they give you it right back on top. So football, basketball, all the other sports over there at the fastest, easiest way to get all your action on the line. See, I made it happen again. BetOnline.ag. Use our promo code LOCKEDON at BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. I have a lot of favorites. I, I have favorite built bars. I have favorite everything, right? I want to ask you, of the picks that we haven't gone over yet, what is your favorite match that you were able to put together in this particular scenario? You know, one that I really like is the Baltimore Ravens going with the cornerback Roger McCreary from Auburn. Uh, you know, I, I think McCreary is, is one of those guys that um, gets overlooked a little bit when we have conversations about some of the top corners. I know that that, that Crocker is a, is a big fan of mm-hmm. McCreary, at least he said so in his social media accounts. And, and I can, can understand why. I mean, the guy can fly. He's physical. He plays outside. He plays inside. He can tackle. Uh, you know, he is uh, he's basically been matched up against the elite receivers all throughout the SEC for the last several years. Has played really well. Um, so to me, uh, he is a guy with the Baltimore Ravens, considering the the age that they have at the cornerback position. Uh, I think that they are most likely going to be looking for a defensive back in this draft class. Uh, in the first couple of rounds, it's certainly something that they have they've done in the past has really been one of the better drafting teams in all of the NFL for a long time now. And I think that the, the this year's draft class is special run at cornerback. And so I have a hard time believing that Baltimore wouldn't take full advantage of that. Yeah, and I, 
the way that it fell here, folks, you'll have to check it out. I, I like the way that there's options there, and, and there are also flavors of cornerback in terms of what you want to do with them as well. I, I'm with you there. I think this class is going to be really interesting. I don't know if there's anybody other than Stingley that can even approach the top 10, but I think like down to all the way to into the 40s, I think there's a, a lot of quality to be had that can help your team rather immediately, and that's what everybody's looking for. My favorite pick here at the, the second half of your mock was for the Tennessee Titans, and I think this is going to be on display here. In the next week or three, you're going to see the reason why Jameson Williams is nearly a no-brainer to that offense that has some stars, particularly at the pass-catching position. Tennessee Titans can't keep anybody healthy. And this is a kid that'll play special teams, that'll do all the dirty work and can run away from an entire defense. I love what you did there. Is there one thing that stands out about matching him with Tannehill in terms of his skill set? Well, again, I think that Ryan Tannehill has struggled with consistency the same way that Derek Carr has. And, um, you know, and and shouldn't be unexpected. You know, you lose a player like a Derek Henry and all the pressure is suddenly on the quarterback, uh, you know, then then again, it's not surprising. Uh, and you mentioned the, the lack of durability from Tennessee's wide receivers. I mean, when A.J. Brown and Julio Jones are right, they are obviously A.J. Brown being a much younger player is one of more physically dynamic receivers in all of the NFL. And Julio Jones is is still that guy. Um, but at the same time, durability concerns has, has been such a huge issue. So rather than kind of taking the, what I would call the Green Bay Packers approach and just trying to get by with some serviceable wide receivers, then why not invest aggressively in a receiver in the first round, especially to get a guy like Jameis Williams, who is able to be as versatile as he ha- as, as you just mentioned that he is, and then be able to still take full advantage of the fact that it, Tennessee already has some really good wide receivers. If you do have durability issues at, you know, moving forward, then you're very likely to still be able to feel some type of a difference maker. And so to me, Williams would be a nice fit here. Uh, again, if any of those other three receivers mentioned earlier were still available, or perhaps a John Dotson from Penn State, to me, those are some of the guys I think that just make a lot of sense for Tennessee as plug-and-play kind of guys. Okay, folks, this last question is really more about my personal information. If you all want to tune out, that's perfectly fine. But if you'd like to hear about a really good corner that's going to be of value, you should probably stick around because knowing what you know and the city that you live in, I am really up to the pedigree of Husky cornerbacks, DBs in general, and what has been done there with Jimmy Lake. I know he's had a rough season and that there's time to move on, but I think the the quality of the player that he's put out over the years is really intriguing to me. And Trent McDuffie is the current player at the top of that list in a long line. And I feel like he's right on the edge of being a first rounder. I think it's close. And I think as the process goes on, we might find that that's exactly what happens. But in your mind, what is keeping him right now from being talked about in that first uh, episode? I think there's basically two different things. For one, he doesn't have the elite height. And we're talking about 5'10 5'11 foot player in a draft class that's got a lot of guys who are six foot plus. Um, I, I'm curious about his speed. Uh, I think that he looks like a 4'4 guy all day long on tape. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the Huskies have had a couple of defensive backs here in recent years who have struggled in workouts and then notably dropped on draft boards. And you know, guys like Taylor Rapp have certainly proven that they, you know, that that didn't matter. Still a very good football player, starter uh, at free safety for the Los Angeles Rams. Um, but at the same time, I think until you see a Husky defensive back actually prove it in athletic workouts, especially the 40-yard dash, that there's going to be some hesitancy to put him up there. And I mentioned it before, Ryan, I think that this cornerback class is special. So if a guy does come in a couple of hundredths of a second below, 
um, some of this, uh, you know, some of the competition, then it, it could result in, in being a full round lower than maybe you should go. Now, I think that Trent McDuffie does deserve to go in the first round. This is a really instinctive, quality football player. He's a great tackler. He's got really sticky coverage skills. Um, you talked about before with Jamison Williams, the wide receiver from Alabama. Trent McDuffie played on every single special teams unit for the University of Washington. His football intelligence and how he's going to perform in interviews, just a, a really humble, soft-spoken, but charismatic kid, I think that's going to help him move up the board as the draft approaches as well. Yeah, I, I, he will on mine anyway. We'll see what happens, folks. Check out the rest of everything Rob put down on this article over at Fox Sports. Rob, thanks for all the time this weekend. Happy holidays and Merry Christmas to you. To you too, sir. Thank you so much. Folks, take care of yourselves. Be good to your family. Enjoy your holiday. We'll talk to you next week.